Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 74 and we are taking a look at the first book of Psalms, so it's Psalm 1. Last time we talked about how not to sit with scoffers and with sinners and to be very careful who you allow into your life because it very much matters. You know, I look at it this way. If something matters to God, it should matter to you. Because God loves you. God knows that sinners and scoffers don't love Christians. In fact, they hate them. And they want what they have. That's why God is very clear about who we associate with. And again, it doesn't mean that we hate them or that we're mean to them because that would in fact be a sin and that would be wrong. God is saying it's important to rely on him, not on people. Because whenever you rely on God, you are protected. You are guarded and protected, and you will be able to spot this funky stuff that happens in this world a lot quicker than if you don't know God at all. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. So I'm moving on to verse 2. So we talked about not standing in the path of sinners nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. So what that's talking about is that God's law is foremost in your life. That doesn't mean that you are a crazy Bible thumper and you're mean and hateful and you tell people they're going to hell. In fact, that's basically what Pharisees and Sadducees did. That's not what any of us are called to do. In fact, that's not what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were called to do. God never wanted the religious leaders to be mean and cruel to his people, but that's what they did. because they took the authority that they had in the priesthood and in their teachings and they used it as a weapon especially a spiritual weapon against their own people you know and their own people those are their neighbors that that's how cruel and sick the pharisees and sadducees were and some of these religious leaders they would rather someone suffer than do well so fyi if you're in a church that shames and blames You need to get out of there because you are surrounded by Pharisees and Sadducees and your life is worth so much more than that hate. Goes on to say in verse 3, and he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaves does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. I love this. Here's why. You know, God wants us to be firmly planted in his word. If you think about a tree, think about how far down the roots of a tree go and and basically how far out they grow. It's not just down, but it's outwards. Especially quite a ways. Like the larger the tree and the older a tree is, the harder it is to chop down that tree and the more difficult it is to get the stump out of the ground. because the roots are so strong and so thick like it is firmly planted. So the more firmly planted you are in Christ Jesus, the way more difficult it is for the devil to deter you and for bad people to upset you. That's why the Bible is very clear about not getting irritated all the time and not be offended all the time, like just taking offense at everything. You know, it's very hard and virtually impossible to have peace in your life. 
if you're not firmly planted in God's holy word because you're always taking offense and you're always looking for something to be mad about. I look at it this way. I try and find things to always be happy about. And it's not that stupid phrase um attitude of gratitude. I hate that. I cannot stand these stupid phrases. They are clichés and when they rhyme, I really can't stand it. Because you know what I found very interesting is that sometimes people that lack empathy, they will use phrases like that against you so that way they are basically off the hook from doing the right thing. Let me explain. You know, I have a relative in my family who is not normal by any means and they've never said, you know, the attitude of gratitude stupid phrase, but that's how they they treat people. And they think that, you know, the reason why someone is unhappy is that it's all the individual's fault. And it's like, no, actually most people when they are upset or offended, it's because something bad happened in their life or maybe someone said or did something that was really bad. Well, this relative I have, they are notorious for being mean to people. And so because they have lack of empathy, they don't see anything wrong with what they did. They hardly ever apologize. And then if you call them out on their bad behavior, they put it back on you. I can't stand that. And what I've noticed is that whenever people say, "Oh, well, you know, if you just had an attitude of gratitude, these things wouldn't happen to you." Do you notice the tone of my voice with that? Like how I said that? That's the tone of voice that a lot of people are using to not care about other people. Like they don't care about their suffering and they think that the reason why someone is suffering is because, "Oh, well, you just you just must not be grateful." Because it's only ungrateful people that have a hard life. It's only ungrateful people that have it bad. You know, maybe if you were just more grateful, these things wouldn't happen to you, would they? Do you hear that attitude? I mean, do you hear the tone of voice? And here's the thing: I'm not making that up. I am really good at mimicking and um, doing voices of other people that I have heard. Because I do voiceovers and things like that for people and for advertisements and sometimes for cart for cart excuse me for cartoons I can't even say the word and see here's the thing that that whole tone of voice it really matters because I've noticed over the years whenever someone actually cares about me and they actually understand my pain and suffering no one has ever said to me. When, you know when they have empathy and they're good and kind you know the good people have never said to me well if you just had an attitude of gratitude your life would be better that garbage has never come out of their mouth that garbage has come out of other people's mouths people that are not really christian people that lack empathy people that are fake people that are boozers, schmoozers and users, they love phrases like that because they love to put the pain and suffering back on the individual that is actually suffering so that way they don't have to do anything to help them. They're basically passing the hockey puck because they're too lazy and evil 
to actually want to do anything about the problem. See, that's a narcissist. Those people are incredibly evil. I think they're some of the most evil people I've ever met. When someone lacks empathy, and then and then they're trying to make it seem like they're helping but they're not. And then and then they put it back on you and they don't care what happens to you. <laughs> and then they pat themselves on the back because they think they just gave great advice, but really all they did was just not give a rat's posterior. Yes, I could use a different word. That is a narcissist. Because even in your suffering, they're making the conversation about them. You know, they they are You know, let me put it this way. Have you ever met people they thrive and love it when someone else has it worse off than them? They actually feed off of other people's pain. And the reason why they do that is first of all they're sick. They're a narcissist, they're evil, they're wicked. But they have a hunger for seeing people suffer. They won't admit that, but that's what that is, and it's technically rooted in hate. You know, there are different types of roots, and it talks about this in the Bible. Whenever we are firmly grounded and rooted in God's holy word, and we make God our Lord, and we give our life to Christ, we are not a narcissist. We are not evil, we are not wicked, and we will flourish because we go to God with our issues. And he actually helps us with whatever is going on in our life. And God's holy word is just that. It's holy. It's not evil. But whenever people whenever they allow hatred to take root in their life or arrogance or conceitedness or selfishness, that means that they love themselves so much that they start to hate other people. If you think about selfish people are very narcissistic. They're very much narcissistic people, excuse me. Because it's all about them. They don't care about anybody else. You'd be surprised how many Christians are like that. And to me, they're not Christian. Because that's not Christ-like. And I'm not talking about I'm not saying that you can't love yourself because you should love yourself. You should love yourself the way that God loves you. What I'm talking about are people that they prop themselves up as better than other people. No one's better than you and no one's better than me. We're equals in God's eyes. But people that are selfish and that are narcissistic They have stupidly and foolishly, even though they think they're geniuses, they think they are the elitists of the world. They think we're peasants and morons. <laughs> That's how narcissists they are. Um, you know, these narcissists—they have stupidly and foolishly allowed hate and ego to take root in their life, and it wasn't overnight. It has to grow. Well, that's what one of my relatives reminds me of. It's all about her. And guess what? She is one of the most miserable people I know in my life. It's very difficult to be around her because she will just randomly start yelling at you. She can be very hateful, but yet oh, she's religious. She's very involved in her church. 
goes to church all the time, but yet she's hateful. See, that's a narcissist. That's someone who's not grounded or rooted in God's holy word. Instead of loving God, they love themselves. That's exactly what the devil did. That is exactly what Lucifer did. And that's why he was kicked out of heaven and banned from heaven. And that's why he's in hell. God does not like or tolerate narcissistic behavior. Why? Because it's evil. It's a form of hatred. So don't let any form of hate take root in your life. Because just think about what kind of fruit are you going to yield? And I'll give an example. You know, this relative I have, the more she focuses on herself in a narcissistic way, not in a self-help way, but in a narcissistic way, the worse her life gets. The fruits that she is bearing is hate, ego, selfishness, anger, rage, wrath, impatience. Um oh, sometimes she says very sexually inappropriate things and sometimes to other family members it's disturbing um she refuses to work she thinks of herself as being retired and she is not retired i mean i'm 38 so she's got to be 41 she has no money to retire on and in fact you know another fruit of this horrible root that's in her life is she has a hatred for other people She was actually fired, I think it was like 4 or 5 years ago. She has refused to work for the last, I would say 4 years now. And the reason why she was fired was because she was hateful to clients, told them off to their face, and then she cursed at employees. She cursed at people that were subordinate to her. And she worked for this company a long time and you know when she got fired you know myself and some other relatives especially me I just laughed I was like well, you know we're surprised you weren't fired sooner because you're so awful to people I mean we've told you for years if you hate your job switch jobs don't stay where you know you are unhappy So the longer she stayed at the job she hated guess what the more hateful she became the weirder she got and, and you know what's interesting is that the more she hated her job and the more she hated people the more she loved herself there the problem i'm not there the issue i'm not i shouldn't have to apologize they've got issues i don't that attitude like do you hear that tone And mind you, I'm probably not doing that impersonation with justice on this, uh, or doing it justice, I should say. But I'm trying not to do an impersonation that is really loud because she can get really loud. And so um, she still has yet to take responsibility that she was fired because of her behavior problem, and she 
refuses to admit or acknowledge that she has a problem with hatred. She has a problem with bitterness. See, regardless of what you allow to take root in your life, you will produce fruit of whatever you allow, tolerate or believe in. She allowed this to happen. She's an adult. And yet she refuses to take responsibility for her behavior, her words, her emotions, her acts, her words, her deeds, nothing. It's it's like it's like she's blameless and it's like you've got to be kidding me. Like I remember gosh how many years ago this would have been. I actually went to see her at her job. Because we were we we were going to hang out or something or, or go get something to eat. I can't remember what the specifics were, but I couldn't believe how she talked to people. Like my mouth dropped, and that was back when she was actually a little nicer. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the thing: the fruit of her bitterness it got way worse. Why? Because the bitterness grew, the hatred grew. Well, is any of that godly? No, but yet she's spiritual, she's religious, she goes to church. You know, get this, everything she gets involved in, she takes it over. It's control, 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 manipulation. Guess what? Whenever someone takes over something that's not their project and they control it and manipulate it and then they're mean about it, like how dare you question me? She does this with everything she gets involved in. That tells you just how miserable that person is whenever they behave that way. It's one thing to want to help out with something, it's one thing to to take ownership of a project, but it's completely different to take it over and then be a jerk. And that's what she does every single time. So I just wonder, I kind of wonder how long it's going to last at this new church she's going to cuz she left the other church. Cuz there were some people there that she claims were a problem. I'm like, "Okay. Whatever." So, I just wonder how long it's going to be before some of these people figure out what she's really like. You know, just because someone wants to help doesn't mean they actually care. Let me say that again. Just because someone says they want to help or they claim they want to help, that doesn't mean they actually care. especially about you. So what I'm saying is that sometimes people show up and claim they want to help, but it's not for the right reasons. It's to feed them. You know, people that are selfish like this and narcissistic, they are gluttons. They may not be obese, but they are gluttons because they are constantly feeding off of other people, and whenever they feed off of other people, they're feeding off of of other people's joy, you know, their success. They're they're just bottom feeders. They're not really contributing anything. They're just takers. Well, well that's a glutton. You know, there are different types of gluttony. Typically, when we think about gluttony, we think about food. But if you think about it, let's say for example, you have a relative that refuses to work. They move into your house. and they just try and take it over. 
They don't want to work, but yet they're going to take over your house that that they don't even own. That is a glutton. Why? Because they have a problem with greed. They're selfish. They're narcissistic. See, previously in these verses, it said basically you need to be careful who you sit with, who you associate with. So if you know that a friend or a relative or whoever it is has problems with gluttony of any kind or they have a problem with a root of bitterness, you know, for goodness sake, do not allow them to move into your home. Because they will not bless your home, they will be a curse to your home. You can pray for these people all day and all night, but until they actually choose to change, it's not going to change. Because narcissistic people have a bitter root. Now let's take a look at the opposite. If you are a tree planted near water and God is feeding you his word and you are listening to God's word, you're meditating on his word and you believe in the goodness of God, what kind of fruit are are you going to produce? You're going to produce joy, happiness, patience, endurance, blessing, favor, I mean everything that is just the opposite of bitterness. Instead of having hate, you're going to have love. Instead of being poor, you're going to be rich. Instead of using people for what they have, you're going to bless other people. See, whenever we are grounded in God's holy word, God blesses us so we can be a blessing to other people. That is not socialism. That's not fascism, that's not communism. It's technically a form of capitalism. Because here's the thing, socialism, communism and fascism, every single one of them convince people that you don't need God, you need government. And government is your god. Well, that's a lie straight out of the depths of hell. And as we all know, God can't stand a lie or a liar. You know what's interesting is that if you think or believe or agree that that your government is your god, you're always going to be poor, you're you're not ever really going to have enough, and your country and your economy will be stagnant. Your currency will suffer. But if you do things God's way, where everybody is prosperous and blessed or or the majority of your citizens are prosperous and blessed like abundantly, then you don't need government to help out the citizens that don't have very much because the the citizens that do have a lot they will be a blessing to those who don't have much and they will help lift those people up out of poverty, help them get back on their feet. And then those people that are back on their feet, then they can be a blessing to somebody else. So that way the person that initially blessed them is not their personal piggy bank. See, here's the thing. Whenever you make government your god, you're always looking to someone else for money. Whereas when you when you keep God on the throne, it's not like we can dethrone him, but I'm saying that when you make God your god, You're never looking over your shoulder and you're never coveting what someone else has. Because God will bless each and every one of us individually. What's interesting is that especially under fascism and communism, 
they don't like people to know that they have rights as an individual because under fascism and communism specifically you're viewed as a collective you don't really have individual rights because every all these rights all these privileges belong to your government that you have made your god but you know when you make government your source be prepared to be extremely disappointed god is not for socialism fascism or communism because it strips people of their dignity their private property and it increases their taxes we should all pay taxes god agrees with that you know give to caesar what is owed to caesar but here's the thing god hates thievery so whenever you have a tyrannical government that is raising your taxes having all these fees all these stupid bureaucrats just looking at your bank account like oh what else can we take from them that is evil There's a difference between paying what you owe and paying what is being confiscated from you via your government. There's a big difference there. Here's the thing, a lot of these tyrannical governments, I would venture to say all of them, if they're socialist, communist or fascist, they are almost always being run by a narcissistic person. But what's interesting is that socialism is the lesser of those two of fascism and communism and so people think that socialism oh we care we care about the poor we care about the homeless by taking from someone else no see socialism the only way it stays alive is to legally steal from those who have a lot or who have something that the government can legally steal Even if something is legal, it doesn't mean it's moral. That's what some of this is talking about in these verses. So whenever you only know, put it this way, you have to be careful what roots you allow to grow in your country. Do you want a government that's just feeding at the trough all the time? Or do you want a government that's a lean, mean working machine? Like it's it's lean, it doesn't overspend. People are free, people are prosperous, people are blessed. They can make as much they can make as much money as they want. Here's the thing: when you put God first, everything else falls into place, hands down, hands down. So, being that we know that when we put God first, everything else falls into place, why on earth would we plant anything else in our life? You know, the Bible is very clear, and I'll close with this. Choose the blessing, don't choose the curse. Whenever you put something into power that is not from God, You are choosing and authorizing a curse to operate in your land and in your country and in your household. None of us are called to do that, especially if we are God's people. That's why the Bible is so strict or so, I would say, well, it's strict and it's concerned about who we keep company with and what we believe in. I think that is very clear in the Bible. 
Put God first and everything else will fall into place and it will bless you abundantly. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. We bought